When it comes to matters of your heart, yeah, you should probably listen to it, which is why you're here. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart, a relationship, dating, and yes, sex podcast. And now your hosts, Pat and Carla. Hey, Carla. Hey, how's it going? Good. I have been doing great. How have you been? I have been amazing. Just got back from a wonderful vacation with my family. Oh, God. How is the swing of things? Oh, um, welcome back. I'm listening to your heart podcast listeners. This is Pat and this is Carla, obviously. Hi. <laughs> oh, so, so today's episode, we're going to talk about dating with ADHD. And pros and cons, and um, things to make it helpful for dealing with people that have ADHD and people who have ADHD, you know, things that can make it more of a better understanding. But first, let's catch up with each other. Uh, so, um, tell me about the cruise you went on. Oh my gosh, so it was a five day um, cruise to Mexico, it was um, left from the LA area. Went to Cabo San Lucas and to Ensenada, Mexico. Both were amazing. Had a great time. Um, spent a lot of time with my family. We were supposed to do this cruise back in November, but we didn't get a chance to because of COVID. So it, it was nice to finally do it. Uh, it was around the same time as my son's 14th birthday. So he had to celebrate that on the cruise, which was really awesome. Oh, that is really cool. And yeah, I hope someday I'll be able to go on a cruise, but... So it looks somehow expensive to me, but is everything like included in it or? You know, that's my one complaint is that they make it seem like it's fairly affordable and the accommodations per person are, and that includes your food, which I mean, is a big part of it. So it's like your stay and your food's included, but um, there's a lot of extras that they charge for. Like um, if you want access to the ship's Wi-Fi, it's like $50 for the entire cruise, which is fine. Um, mm -hmm. It's totally doable, but. If you have more than one person, that's obviously that drives up the cost. So, um, trying to use Wi-Fi, so it was like that was an extra two hundred, and then um, the drink packages were just where it is outrageous because if you want to drink on the ship, you have to buy a drink package, and every person of drinking age in your um, stateroom has to have the drink package. So, on top of what we were already paying for the cruise, which was around like three thousand oh, dollars, it was going to be an extra eight hundred dollars just for the drink packages. And then, what does the drink package include? So it's, um, I think it's like up to fifteen like cocktails or beers or drinks per day, which is good. But <laughs> I don't drink a whole lot. I'm more of a a weed kind of person. So right, me too. It didn't make sense for me to get it. And that, but knowing that like if the other two got it, then I would have to get it. So we ended up just not getting it. Plus on top of that, they charge a gratuity fee. So it was like $15 per person per day for everyone oh, staying in your room. So on top of, that was an extra 250. So oh, anyone looking at what, like almost like three, four grand. And then of course the cost of the excursion. So if you want to leave the ship to go do something fun, 
that adds up too. So it's a lot of like playing <laughs> oh, out. Sorry. Spirit Airlines of cruise lines. Um, and I have a, so we did Carnival and as much as I criticized, like feeling like I was nickel and dimed, the service was freaking incredible. Everybody on the ship was amazing. And there were some really great shows and comedians and that was amazing. But um, I have a friend who did another cruise line. I can't remember which one. And she said it was the same way where the drink packages were extra and all, all these other things you had to pay for separately. So it's, um, I think people could do it on a budget, but I'm not a do anything on a budget kind of girl. Right. So. <laughs> and wait, so for, sorry, um, but for the drink package, is it like you have to drink those 15 drinks in the day or it's wasted or 15 drinks throughout the entire cruise? Nope. Um, if you drink one drink a day, then the other 14 do not roll over. It's just like, that's how many you get a day. And. Um, it's just resets every day. So it's like, okay, if I'm an alcoholic, then fine, that's perfect. But if for me and you being social drinkers, it's like kind of a waste to be like, yeah. Hey, if I had 15 drinks, I could pay for the whole cruise. That would be fine. I can deal with that because, you know, I'm on vacation, but 14 drinks in a day, that's quite a lot of beers I can, I'd have to drink in a day. And the most I've ever drank beers in a day would be like eight, but yeah, uh, that was a lot for me. But um, and we even so I went with one of my friends, and then she brought along one of her friends, and this friend that she brought along was like complaining because she didn't feel like fifteen drinks in a day was enough, uh, which blows my mind. I'm just like, how much are you drinking? Like, and she wasn't even drinking beer; she was drinking cocktails. And I'm just and, like, that's a lot of drinks. Yeah, but like you're boom 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 like going like yeah for um for the bills mafia tailgates i venture to or hear about oh i see people pound at least 10 beers before going into the game or (laughs) five to ten so obviously i can see where i can factor in if you're that good of a drinker but all right 15 drinks oi yeah i would just be useless for anything else i'd probably just like drink and pass out um, but we did, um, I don't know, this is illegal-ish, but we did like take along some like edible, like the gummies, the THC gummies, like different varieties. And we did that and, um, that was kind of nice. So even though like we didn't buy the drink packages, my husband and my daughter still bought drinks for themselves and, um, the, uh, the gummies were really nice. The edibles were awesome. Uh, you gotta at least be high on your vacation to relax. I know, right? And weed makes me so relaxed. So it was super nice. Oh, I am going on my solo trip this weekend, and I just cannot wait for it. I'm going to be high the whole time, and I'm traveling to and from by train. So, where are you going? So I'm going to this um town called Rochester, where it's a um smaller part vision of Buffalo, and it's just a I need a good getaway trip because. I just got done with the hockey season and I I've gotten yelled at a lot, like throughout the whole season because verbal abuse is just bad on its own, but, and also I'm doing a podcast about oh, refereeing. You've had a rough time. Oh, oh yes. I, I'm very, obviously I'm liberal, so I speak my mind whenever I want to, but I'm just going to, there's a rave going on on that Saturday the silent disco. I hate, shouldn't, I'm not 
I'm not getting paid to advertise for them, but that's what it is. And I have this couple that I befriended and they um, love seeing me at these events. So obviously a friendship form and they're going to the same places I'm going to. So it, it's like a good getaway trip. And I have my, this couple that I'm really good friends with to hang out with and it's going to be a good time. Oh, that sounds awesome. And plus, since it's a city that I know I'm not going to visit much, I'm going to try new things to try and talk to women, maybe dance Ooh. with women, you know, mix it up. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to have a few swings, and if I strike out, whatever. No, I think that's an awesome approach to it. Yeah, and, you know, just, I am getting my feet wet, like, going out there, talking to women, some of the times really I'm just vibing with them and that's really all that matters. And so previously I got rejected from a girl saying that she wanted to be friends and that's fine. Then a few hours later at the event, I danced with two beautiful blonde women to techno and no, excuse me, EDM. And I was like, yeah, I'm in heaven right now. <laughs> <laughs> but Hey, when one door closes, another door opens. So and I didn't really like talk to them that much, but I just vibed. And, you know, sometimes you don't have to talk. You just have to vibe. And it's just a good yeah. feeling. Yeah. And I oh. think reading someone else's energy is such a, an important thing. So like that vibe, I feel like it's something that a lot of people kind of abuse the term vibe lately, but it's such a big thing for me. You know, like the energy flow and all. So, and also because I had a very long referee season, 203 games, which is quite a lot for hockey. I um, spontaneously gifted myself a sheet of ice. And so I always like going to the roller rink growing up and just listening to music and seeing my friends there. Because obviously I skate, you all, because it's my thing. So I combined my two favorite activities, um, vibing to my music and skating. Uh -huh. And I kid you not, that was legit heaven for me. I had no parents, no coaches, no players, just me vibing by myself. It was, I couldn't have been happier. That's amazing. Yep. And I put on my profile that I, so I wore an office jersey because I love the office and I'm a jersey collector. And I wore knee pads because I skate at a pretty fast speed. Because I'm just used to skating. And I just had the best time because I played the music I know that I want to listen to. It always sucks when you go to a club and the DJ doesn't have the song you want or doesn't know the song that you want to play. Mm -hmm. I went to um, a roller adults only night recently once for roller skating. I asked for Smack That by and Shake That by Eminem. And the DJ didn't have it. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, I was like, how do you not have him in I, I could have said so many things, but I just skated away and vibed for a bit, but then oh I left. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but no, <laughs> that's fine. But anyways, um, oh, so. Let's do this. Oh, go okay, ahead. Let's go ahead. Oh, one last thing. Um, yeah. Also, I'm really happy at work right now. and Nice. Because... So for the last few years, I've had um, workplaces where the women in the workplace were less than 30%. Now it's up to 50%. And 
And I just, for how happy I am, I like interacting with people at work. Because work is what you make it. Mm-hmm. And, hey, there are people who don't want to talk to me. I'm fine with that. You're not going to be liked by everyone. But the ones who talk to me, I have good conversations with them. And sometimes I get their energy, whether or not they want to be left alone or not, talk or not. I let it happen. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, I just, yeah. The one thing I learned about work in general, when you have a better time at work, you're more successful. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And it's important. I mean, because a terrible work life affects so many other aspects of who you are. You take that, um, the emotional drain home with you. It affects your social life. It affects so many different things. So when there's like one part of your life that's out of balance, it has such a overarching effect on so many different things that makes it such an impossible situation. Right. And obviously there's a balance where we have times where we talk and have fun times where we're serious, you know, it, it's a balance and have a good time with it. <laughs> okay. So let's dive into this episode. Oh but, my gosh. I love this topic. <laughs> all right. ADHD. And what makes it hard for relationships? Yes. Like, you know how in the office, um, Michael gets excited about a crush and then, of course, he torpedoes it. Yes, that is me. Um, part of my downfall for ADHD. I think about the girl too much. I torpedo it. Then it explodes. Well, not every girl I talk to, but it's like, okay, um... I got to step back, relax. Maybe the girl will know that I have ADHD. Maybe not. If I get to that point, I'll tell her about it. And I told my um, work coworkers recently about it. Now they're understanding, okay, sometimes I forget stuff. Sometimes I interrupt conversations accidentally just so I don't forget the conversation I mean the topic, but I really should wait it out, then enter, mm-hmm. but... No, there are times where, yes, ADHD has my effect on relationships, and I just want to have, like, give people better understanding about the issue. Yeah, and there's, so you bring up some good points, and there's, I made a list of a few things that I see most with my clients with ADHD, and also, like, side note, I have ADHD, mm-hmm. and my boyfriend has ADHD, my husband does not, mm-hmm. um, but boyfriend and I do. Um, so it's, I've seen it from both sides of the relationship, but I've seen it as a professional therapist. Um, so there's a few things that, um, like overarching things that cause the most trouble with, um, someone who is neurotypical being in a relationship with someone who is, um, atypical, neuroatypical, I guess. Um, so like the main thing, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but, but rejection sensitive dysphoria is a big issue. That yes. a lot of people face because what it is is we're so sensitive to what others say about us or people with ADHD or re- rejection sensitive dysphoria are so sensitive to what people say or think and are so easily embarrassed and um, any they internalize any perceived slight or criticism and it creates this emotional minefield in relationships where it creates problems when there's not problems there because we're often projecting our own insecurities and um, fears of rejection onto the other person, kind of creating this self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, 
you're going to leave me like everyone else does. And then you end up pushing the person away. And then it's like, well, see, I was right. This is what happens. Right. And hey, you know, like it, it does suck when you get rejected. I've been rejected many times ever since high school because I wanted to get a girlfriend. But of course, for me going straight for the girlfriend thing, I obviously wasn't focusing on what really mattered, the, the connection. And I would ask many girls out there at high school and middle school, actually, and I would get rejected, but I'd have a couple of girls I'd see, but it would just never work out in the end because I really wasn't focused on getting to know the person. But yeah, I got rejected many times in high school and all throughout grade school. And hey, you know, it sucks, but now I'm not like having the fear of rejection. Worst case scenario, they say no. Like, hey, don't spend time with people who don't want to spend time with you. Yes, and I think that's the key to, I wouldn't even say overcoming or curing, because there's no re- curing rejection sensitive dysphoria. It's really just and yeah, there's understanding no it, and there's coping with it. And a lot of that has to do with just finding your own value outside of other people. Um, and not looking for external validation. Um, A lot of people with rejection sensitive dysphoria are also huge people pleasers. And one of the things I see with people pleasers is they work so hard to make other people happy that they become miserable, which in turn makes the people around them miserable and defeats the whole purpose. So Mm -hmm. if you can find happiness within yourself without needing validation from someone else, it makes things a hell of a lot easier. Right, exactly. Like, hey, for this podcast, I talk about what I want. Either people want to listen or not. That's their choice. But, hey, I'm pretty, I'm very open with my sexuality here. And there's an open book about my dating life. Mm-hmm. And people either like it or don't. I'm, I don't care that much or at all. And r- really, what the point that a lot of people miss with rejection is that it honestly has very little to do with the other person usually it or not the other person but it if if i'm rejected it likely has like very little to do with me personally Hmm. rather than the other person and like things that they may be going with or they may not be in a place where they're emotionally mentally physically whatever else psychologically available for a relationship or a connection um there could be all these other things going on and we only see it from our one point of view of uh, well, they just don't like me or they're not responding to me when it could be so many other things that we just don't know about. And and then it just like creates all these problems that don't need to be there. Right, exactly. So I guess I have some topics I can discuss about ADHD and relationships because I have this article from WMMD. So we can definitely talk about some topics for this. Yeah. So one thing we can say is impulsiveness. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. It's one of the biggest problems. Yes. Um, not the biggest, but I think it's um, under um, RSD, I think impulsivity is one of the biggest issues. Yeah. Like, all right. So now me being, well, 30, 31, now I'm trying to save my money better and now I'm learning, like, okay, I've spent money on this and this. Do I really need this or not? Like, well, I have no shame where, hey, I get baked 
sometimes I'm going to buy something I probably shouldn't. But I was like, oh, maybe I do want this. So it all depends. Like, But really, I need to like relax for a few minutes before actually spending something I want to get. Yes. Yeah, you know. So yes, the impulsiveness. And then... And- impulsivity comes in so many different issues and relationships and the way as a relationship coach that I see it most is a lot of people um, will cheat because they're presented with an opportunity something seems really exciting shiny and appealing and they're like oh my gosh I want to hook up with this person even though they know that it's the wrong thing to do that they shouldn't cheat but it's that impulsivity of like oh I want to fulfill this desire right now oh jeez and that's a huge problem with um, people with ADHD um, is just the impulsivity in so many different aspects and, and it manifests in so many different ways. And I mean, cheating is obviously one of the most damaging, but like financial um, spend, using financial resources or time or any type of thing that you're sacrificing. So an impulse. Um, so how would you suggest that people get better about dealing with their impulses? Do you have any personal things that worked for you um i would say at least taking five minutes just to like be like okay do i really need this or do i not really need this will i be is something i want for a long time or is it just going to go in the garbage a a week later Mm -hmm. so really just like pausing for a few minutes just being like okay do i really need this do i have the money for this are my bills paid then can i spend money on this like Obviously, no one can tell you yes or no. Only you can. But you have to do it responsibly. Or else, you know, you're just... You're losing money, then you fall behind on bills. So really, you gotta just take five minutes to be like, do I really need this? Can I afford this? Am I gonna wear it? Like, for example, from my hockey jerseys I wear, I'm starting to wear them more because I just feel comfortable in them when I skate. So when I go to a roller disco in um, a roller skating night, I wear a hockey jersey because I just feel comfortable in them. Because, yeah, I'm moving and I just feel good in them. But really, that's something I know that I'll always like wearing. So it benefits me in a good way. But then also, me being a craft beer guy, there's all these interesting like um gadgets I keep seeing trying to make the beer experience better when somehow they don't like for example like I'm trying to think of this good this interesting invention where it was like a thing where you can take the top of the can off your beer can you know just so you can drink the beer in a can yeah and I realized oh you're doing twice the work and you're putting more shit into the landfill Instead of just opening up the top and just drinking it. Yeah. So there are some silly adventures out there that you like or don't like. Just think about it in a good way. Yeah. And one of the things that I, um, when I was much younger, I did was I, being impulsive, I would go shopping and I would see things I would want. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to buy it. And then I would get it. And I just, especially with online shopping, I would um, really get excited about this purchase and then I would, the item would come in and I just wouldn't be as excited about it. So what I've started doing with almost everything is just, I do this a lot with New York and company. I'll, 
add all the stuff to the cart that I want. But instead of buying it right then, I'll say, well, I'll come back to it after dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that nine out of 10 times, I don't come back to it. And I don't really want those items as much as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of the distraction. And so even just like adding something to the cart and just leaving it there was an, enough to get that dopamine hit where it was like, okay, this feels good. I, it's like doing it. It's, it's that distraction, that impulse that like, Ooh, this, I like this shiny stuff without ruining myself financially. Uh, see, that is a good point. So another um, topic for ADHD is distraction. <laughs> I love a good distraction. Yes. Like <laughs> something to keep your mind occupied and, you know, like, this helps me a lot in my dating world because, well, especially when a girl isn't talking to me, um, I can only go, and everyone texts differently or calls differently, but you have to really go on, and not really revolve your world around the, you really can't revolve your world around someone you're texting. So really, you have to keep yourself distracted, and you're less likely to think about it. Yes. And in keeping yourself distracted from, so I think with ADHD, distraction is a good and a bad thing. And it's good in the sense that if you can find something that keeps you from going into like this dark place or this hyper focus, then it's good. But too many distractions, impulse distractions. Um, I know a big problem that I have or had, I'm getting better about it was, um, looking for too many hobbies. Like I would start a project and I get really excited and then I would lose steam and just kind of be like, okay, well moving on to my next, whatever hobby this is. So I think distractions are a blessing and a curse as long as it's used correctly within relationships. Um, if you see like, again, for a very neurotypical person, seeing their ADHD partner distracted often leaves them feeling ignored or unimportant because uh, they're like, oh, they're distracted with so many things that I'm not important. So one very easy solution to that is just to like communicate those needs to your partner and just say, hey, I'm not feeling very valued at this point because you're very distracted with all these other things. I would like for you to prioritize our time together. Mm -hmm. And this avoids a lot of resentment when you're able to express how you're feeling and what it is that you need. The biggest problem that I see with anybody um, ADHD, neurotypical, whatever, is that they expect their partner to know what they need and just to fulfill that need. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, it would make me feel really good if you brought me flowers or it would make me feel really good if you met me for lunch on Tuesdays or things like that, where a lot of people will get into this mindset of, well, if I have to tell you, then it's not as special. Um, but that just creates resentment. So right. like, give your partner the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, listen up, straight up, this is what I need from you. This is what I need to feel loved. And I mean, I could get into a whole other thing about the five love languages and we'll save that for another one because yes. it's something that I firmly believe in, not a huge like self-help fan. I mean, actually I am, but very selectively. But the five love languages is so amazing at helping people understand themselves, understand how they most feel loved and how their partner feels loved. All right, so I mean there's like two different aspects of that that are so important to understand. I'd be cool. Definitely doing a topic on that. 
Yeah, I could probably talk for hours about that one topic <laughs> alone. And it was um, when I first heard about it, I just, I had a friend who was going through marriage counseling and she's like, oh my gosh, I heard about these five love languages. And I just kind of like ignored it for a while because it just kind of sounded like, it just sounded like more like self-help, like mumbo jumbo, just stuff that didn't, it was like, okay, this is going to, going to be regurgitated information I've heard so many times before. And then when I took the time to learn about it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And it's helped so many people create a sense of understanding in their relationships. So really just communicate because no one's a mind reader. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So like, yeah, for my exes, when we were together, they would always communicate with me with something that I wanted, like when it's something that they wanted. And, hey, you know, uh, they obviously, told, I told them early on in the relationship that I had ADHD. So if it was something that I forgot or just a miscue, they would let me know about it. And while they pick up that, okay, it was a miscue, and they'd communicate that to me. And, hey, I'd obviously put effort into the relationship for you know, stuff that they wanted. And it was always good. So yes, always communicate with your partner on what you want because no one's a mind reader, especially with ADHD. Yes. And I think just by having that communication and saying, um, like, hey, this is what I need. Um, one of my favorite comedians is John Mulaney and, and his, um, I forget which stand-up it is, but he talks about his well I mean, she's not his ex-wife but he just started he had just started dating her and he was like you always know like where you stand with her like if something's wrong she'll tell you she'll be like my stomach hurts but he was like other women i've dated in the past they would just be like staring out the window like what's wrong and or i would ask what's wrong and they'd be like you wouldn't understand and he's like what the fuck am i supposed to do with that and um and i really liked that and i've tried to approach my relationship with my husband and my boyfriend both in that same way of just like, hey, if something's wrong, I'm going to tell you something's wrong because I hate that idea of just like having this tension and nobody knows, they don't know what's wrong and then they don't know how to fix it and I'm just being angry because nothing's being resolved. And so if I don't tell you that something's wrong, nothing can get better. So it's kind of just that approach to everything where I try not to take it too far in the other direction and just overreact about everything, but I'm very transparent about my feelings and it saved me a lot of headaches. Yeah, as long as you communicate it with it, that's fine. And that's how it should be. So, Have you dated women like that before, though, who just, like, weren't open with their feelings or were just kind of like, oh, you just wouldn't get it? Or have yeah. you um, had pretty good luck with people being fairly open? Uh, well, one thing's for sure. When there's a big difference between just going – to dinner for a woman versus meeting her for a drink then going on the date now that i'm being more open for meeting girls at the bar then going to sit down to eat it really opens them up more gives them more of a relaxed feeling because while you're around people you're better but when you're in the restaurant just like going straight to dinner you're pretty much setting yourself up like for an interview as i could put yeah. it so with them being more open, now I'm having a better time on dates, even though I'm not talking to anyone right now. So, But hey, in due time, I'll have a good date with someone, and I'll go from there. But for now, I'm just learning more about myself. And I'm... Nice. I know, to answer your question, yes, when there, there have been girls who have just been 
not so open about me. And of course, I'm not a mind reader. And they tell me the next day that they weren't so open about something or they're just, you know, miscues. And hey, it is what it is. Either I can get the miscues or I can't. It, it happens. <sighs> okay, so for next topic, sex and intimacy. <laughs> my again one of my favorite topics Oh, yes. So, of course, like, there are times when you just want to get going, like, you know, for being sex and intimate, but really, you have a way better experience when you slow things down, enjoy it. Like, for when I had um sex with my exes, when it was slow and smooth, it was a lot better and just a lot better experience. But when we rushed it, it was just, you were done too quickly and it watered down the whole entire experience. Yeah. And I think that's where that impulsivity comes in where it's like, Oh, you know, I've got this on my mind. I really want to do it. And then you do it. And then it almost feels so rushed that you don't take the time to enjoy the moment because you're trying to get to the experience. And it really makes it hard to connect with someone when things are being done in such a way that it's rushed. Like nobody wants to feel rushed in a sexual situation. Right. And now that I'm really taking my time when I, you know, do it myself and I watch these porn videos, I try and watch the whole thing and just get more warmed up, get the blood pumping, the juices flowing Okay, I was wrong. I said juices, but I get the blood flowing. I get more warm yeah. up to it, and I have a way better experience with myself. And the same thing when I have a slowed down experience with having sex with someone. It's slow. It's easy. We warm up to each other. It's all around better. So, yeah, because it's. I mean, I. I'm definitely not opposed to casual hookups and one night stands. I, mm. I think that sex, consensual sex in any form is great. I, I appreciate all of it, but I think that there is something to be said for um, like sexual satisfaction when it's with someone that you are comfortable with when it, cause there's always that like first time where it's like, you're just kind of getting to know the other person and figure out what you like and what they like and how that works together. But I think that like when you can take that time and say, we're going to build this, whatever this is, it makes the sex way better. But again, I've had some like mind blowing one night stands. So it's not always the case. <laughs> right. Um, of course, with me, with ADHD, I kind of say things for sex that normally I don't should say. Um, for example, this girl I was going at it with where it was, let's just say it was a microwave relationship where it it wasn't, it didn't last long, but there was this time where of course, um, so we were doing doggy and apparently she didn't squirt. Like um, she rarely squirts, but with me, I got her to squirt and right. it was the first time ever I had a girl squirt on me. And of course me with my loud mouth, I'm like, Whoa, you squirted on me. And, I felt so bad. I I made her self-conscious about it and obviously I turned her off. So I kind of shut the door for that time. But then after I told her, hey, I have ADHD and 
I'm sorry I like said what I said, but it's like a really cool thing that you squirted on me. I felt I felt really proud about that because yeah, it's pretty rare to have a girl squirt on you. I think it's hot because it's something that rarely happens, even though essentially you're getting peed on. As hey, no, 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 don't go there. That's not the same thing. Uh, okay, I, <laughs> I take a, that. That's something for another podcast. It's, uh, it's uh, something. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Keep going. Uh, I'll take that back. Just... All right, keep going. So, it's, uh, yeah. obviously, the door was shut. And, well, we hung out for a bit after. But I told her, hey, I'm really sorry. It, it was the first time I had someone squirt on me. And. I didn't mean to say that, but I thought it was a pretty cool thing. So after we talked, she got the message and was okay with it. Normally, women don't like um, it when you... No, I'm going to mess up this thought. Um, when you're just saying the obvious for something they're self-conscious about, they really don't like it when you say things about it. Yeah, I can see that. But hey... Okay, so what can you do for when for these relationships to make it more satisfying? Listen to listen beyond words. Pay attention to body language, tone of voice. Don't interrupt. So, like at work, I have friends going in a conversation. I want to say something, but I don't want to interrupt. So, really, I just gotta wait till they're done. Then I can say my thing. Because you really don't, no one likes someone who's constantly talking over them. And mm-hmm. I admit, I have my fair, I have a, my fair share of times where I have interrupted conversations and I felt so badly about it after. I'm like, nice job, dude. But after I just play cool, then obviously things just go about their way. It only makes it awkward if you make it awkward. Mm-hmm. then also think ahead literally what I just said just you're going to talk and feel like an argument may co- cop up but think about what you speak just because everyone has different opinions about anything if there is an indifference opinion just say okay agree to disagree and just leave it at that you can't really change someone's opinion about anything They'll either figure it out on their own or just keep it. So always mm-hmm. think. So get a trusted buddy, you know, to help you interpret conversations. So then they can help you with the uh, cues and all to, you know, come into the conversation or not. What else? Um, I just want to add one thing I want to add is that ultimately in dealing with on either side, as someone with ADHD, when you're approaching a relationship, um, that's where communication is important. It's not so important to communicate that, like, on the first date, but once you know that you're getting comfortable with someone, it may be helpful to explain to them that you do have things that, you do have ADHD, and there are things that may come across as seeming callous or cold or uncaring, but it's not the intention. And just kind of create that understanding up front so it makes communication about these very specific behaviors easier when when they're being approached instead of saying like, oh my gosh, well, sorry, I had ADHD. 
But if you just leave it up front, if you just put it out there up front, not completely up front, but once you're comfortable with someone, it doesn't, it's not something that deserves to be shared with everyone, but the communication can go a long way in helping create a sense of understanding. Right, I agree with that. Oh, and one last thing um, before we wrap up this episode, don't play the blame game. If someone doesn't like you or want to talk to you, that's literally on them. Um, don't blame anyone. Just don't like point the finger saying, oh, this is your fault and all. Everyone has different opinions about everything. So either people want to hang out with you or not. That's their choice. The right ones that want to hang out with you will want to hang out with you. Like for um, my friends that I met at the silent disco, they vibed with me. Like we mutually found each other like dancing and they, we liked each other's vibe. So it just happened organically. And the same thing with um, these circles I do at these, these raves. I only go with the people who want to hang out with me either for a song or a few songs. I always, I always pay attention to the like um, body language. If they're facing me and they're have like an opening for their circle, I can join. But then if there are times where they close me off um, or they're just want to like get back into their own circle or I just change the song to a different channel, I go somewhere else. Like there are plenty of people out there that want to hang out with you. You just got to pick up the social cues and just exhale. Like, Hey, there are times where I danced by myself for a whole night and I had a great time. Then there are times where I got to dance with multiple people throughout the night. That was fine. Oh, and back to a few episodes ago, there's these girls that I saw at a disco and they gave out the closed vibe signal. Like a few dances late in a couple events later, I ended up dancing with them and we vibed and it was actually a good time. So really always pay attention to the body language. Don't play the blame game, plan it out and keep disagreements short and simple. Like, I like that. Oh, actually, we can talk about that topic real quick. So, yeah. for example, me being 31, I have the given choice not to have kids. And there are coworkers who either have kids or not have kids. That's their topic. And, and that's their choice. And, of course, there are times like, oh, do you want to have a legacy? I'm like, ah, uh, no. I mean... It does suck. Like, no matter what happens, you're, there's always going to be disagreements about things. But hey, keep it respectable. Like, they have their their opinion won't change. My opinion won't change. We just move to a different topic and just yes. talk about whatever. But hey, if and there's I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Just that because there's so much. It's very easy to look at someone's situation. And be like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? So. Um, a few years ago, uh, oh gosh, probably like seven years ago, my husband and I tried having more kids and it was just like this constant struggle of like miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. Oof, but then there were like I'm people sorry. around us at work who were like, when are you guys going to have more kids? And 
it was so insulting because I wasn't close enough with these people to share like this very like devastating thing that keeps happening and this like struggle that we're having but they felt like it was their business to ask me when I was having more children or to say oh well you gotta get on it and I wasn't like I wasn't at a place where I could just be like oh well you know we're trying and it's not working so you should really feel like shit so I'm a big fan of people minding their own fucking business right and I'm sorry that you had a mis- couple miscarriages but oh, but hey but hey, you're happy with your husband and boyfriend with two kids. So, <laughs> yes. hey, the other people who don't like it, fuck it. Exactly. But, and it's, um, it always seems to come from people who have no business asking those questions. So that's, um, that's just always been something that just like, oh, gosh, mind your own fucking business. It's that easy. <laughs> like, where does it say you have to have... There's no golden rule saying you have to have this many kids to be happy. Where does it say you have to have kids to be happy? Everyone's exactly. lives are completely different. No, my daughter is 20, almost 22 and has no desire to have children. She doesn't know if she ever will. And I'm just like, good on you. Like, the worst thing you can do is have kids that you don't want. There's yes. already enough of that. So... Um, I think that there needs to be far more respect for people who choose to be childless than this like understanding of you need someone else to complete you. It's just a very toxic way of thinking of saying, oh, well, you got to have a legacy. I can have a legacy without having children. I can, I can have happiness. I can have love. I can have all these different things without needing to make another human to fulfill me. Right. And you're completely fine with two kids and you're happy and, I see couples with one kid and they're completely happy. I I don't care about anyone else's life but my own. I just want to be respected. That's all I want. Yeah. Um, So I guess that'll be do it for today's episode. Um, Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Carla? No, no, this has been a great topic. Um, Like stay tuned in the future as we can talk about squirting and the five love languages. Not yes. together, but two Not together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I don't know. I could probably figure out a way to incorporate those too. But no, this has been amazing. Thanks, Pat. I love yeah. the topic. Thank you um, for those who listened. Um, me and Carla signing off saying have a good time. Ta- good night. Thanks. Bye. Bye.